Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. It is full swing of summer. The heat is a blazing. And I know all of our friends who are living in vans and RVs and vehicles are feeling it. But before we get into that, for all the new listeners here, we want to talk a little bit about who we are, what we've been doing for the last three years. Three years? We're going a whole, like, encyclopedia. <laughs> well, just give me enough so that people know about us. Okay, we used to live in Brooklyn, New York. We were both working corporate jobs. We quit our jobs to live in a van after planning for a full year, building our own van. We got on the road. We wanted to do as many mountains as we could in the first season. 71 mountains for snowboarding is what we got to before the pandemic hit, which changed our travel plans a little bit. But we've been loving life on the road since. And recently just started our journey from Alaska to Panama. So right now we are in Mexico and we are doing nine countries in nine months. Yes. And it's been an incredible journey so far. If you want to hear all about it, you could go back in the previous episodes that we've had here on the podcast. Or you could check us out on YouTube, FNA Van Life, also there. Yeah, we just did some great stuff on YouTube. We went on a boat ride to a remote National Park Island, which was so fabulous. Mm-hmm. We've spent a lot of time around the Loretto area. We went to the Bay of Conception. Baja was beautiful. But one thing that was super relevant in Baja is that it was starting to get hot there. Yeah, so when it's hot and during the day, it's okay. Like, you can be outside, you can jump in the water, you can do stuff. But when it stays hot through the night... It becomes very uncomfortable. Yeah, and what Alex means by that, if you are somebody from the States, when we talk about hot, we're talking about 80 plus degrees Fahrenheit overnight. If it gets down to like 75, it's doable. You could definitely have your fan going, cranking, and keeping your space cool enough to sleep comfortably. Yeah, but when it's like 100 degrees Fahrenheit at night, which would be like 35 Celsius. It's disgusting. Oh I think it's like my 40. God. It's too much. And so by the time we were leaving the Baja La Paz area to come over to mainland, it was getting up like well into the hundreds during the day, and it would really only cool off to like 90 degrees at night, (laughs) which is not cooling. No, it's not ideal at all. So we're going to talk about the ways that we keep cool in the summer on this podcast today. Yeah, because... You know, it's not just Mexico that's getting hot. I've seen so many posts from people who are all across the United States, even all the way up into Alaska, saying, holy bajoli, it's hot out. Holy bajoli is right. Well, it's kind of amazing. A lot of people were telling us, don't come to Mexico during this time of the year because of how hot it actually gets. But once again, you could flee to the mountains. That's like our number one thing that we do, is we normally run ourselves away from the, like, sea level stuff or humidity uh, style places and we run up into the mountains where normally you could find cooler temperatures. Yeah, so 
reminder, your home is a vehicle, and it has wheels, and it can roll places. And I know that with grass prices getting really high... Grass prices? Grass prices. <laughs> people are smoking that Cheech and Chong to get up into the mountains. Everything's going up in price because of gas right now. <laughs> yeah, your dealer can't get his stuff as quickly. <laughs> Anyways, with gas prices rising, you might not be able to just like drive so far away. But if you could find something that's even a little bit more elevation than where you are now, the higher up in the atmosphere you go the cooler that it gets and the less humidity that there will be. Correct. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Alex. I think that you're spot on there. Um, another thing that we do is, in those, I should just say, in those places also at night, they always tend to drop in temperature. So even if the day is like in the 90s or even if it gets in the upper 90s at night, you're going to find temperatures in the 70s or lower. Yeah. So one other girl that I follow, she was traveling through Europe and her like rule for the summer was to never stray too far from the ocean because there is a really nice benefit to being able to go swim mm -hmm. so like when you are hot af being able to jump in a lake or jump in a river or jump in the ocean get everything wet and like you know cool off is such a blessing yeah as long as that water temperature stays significantly lower than the temperature outside uh, or even just a little bit lower like if the water doesn't get above 70 degrees you're gonna feel a huge difference when you get out of that water and the air just hits you just enough and it kind of feels like you're cooling off yeah but the only tricky thing about that is that you can't swim all day all night you might not be able to swim all day but you're probably not gonna be floating in the river while you're taking your Z's. Correct. And the other thing about living in the van when it's hot outside that you're not gonna realize until you're living in the van or the bus or whatever, your power system, everything that's running inside your van creates heat. Yeah. And quite a bit of heat. So like throughout the day, if you could keep your consumption down um, and not really use too many uh, items inside your house. It's the same thing when you're in like a big city. They tell you like not to use things so that way you don't spike the power uh, supply and create a blackout. So not that you're going to create a blackout in your van, but you don't want that heat kind of sitting in your van. Yeah, we've had some trouble recently with our solar panels getting so hot that the lines get hot and then if the connections aren't perfect the solar panels aren't performing at maximum efficiency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're getting all of this sun. We should have no problem with our, you know, solar system. But having too much heat with that sun can actually cause problems with your solar system. So you want to be making sure you're checking all your connections. Everything is nice and tight. Everything is, like, fully secured. Well, and even going for the solar panels that are going to have a better efficiency in hot temperatures and or cold temperatures uh even if you spend a few extra bucks buying those type of panels are going to help you out so much in the long run so just think about it when you're making that purchase uh that you're buying something that's going to have high efficiency still in 100 plus degree weather we didn't no we did not and the reason for that is because we were trying to work with a company that we liked and you know now we're kind of paying for that. Yeah, so, you know, well, it's funny because you don't realize to think about these things until they're happening to you. Correct. You know what correct. I mean? Like, a lot of stuff, like, so, for example, let's talk about our next thing, which is airflow. Yes. So, designing your van in such a way, cutting your windows in such a way, having, you know, a fan in the front and a fan in the back or a hatch in the back so you can create, like, a wind tunnel inside of your space is super important. 
-hmm. We made the mistake of putting our windows a little bit too far forward. So the space in the back of the van, so from the windows to the back doors, when the back doors are closed, it could get pretty stagnant in here. Especially when the hatch is closed too. Like in the rain, we kind of have to close the hatch. Not fully, but it definitely creates a strain on the airflow in the van. So one thing that I would do is I would actually take only one of the windows, the one that's on the slider door for us, and move it backwards and then put it in that back area and then we don't have an issue with airflow then. Because then you have a window in the back, a window on the side, and then the, the fan pulling air out in the front, which then will create maximum airflow. Right, but so if this is not something that you've considered and you're already living in the van, we went and purchased two 12-volt fans that we've directly wired into our system. So they're not like battery-powered or USB-powered or anything. They're 12-volt. They power right into the system. They have a fuse in our fuse box, and we put them at the very back doors of the van. So they have been a game changer oh, yeah. in terms of creating that wind, especially when we're sleeping at night and you can just have like that cool air blowing directly on your body to help kind of whisk away the moisture. Yeah, not just the moisture, but the heat, like any type of airflow that's hitting your body just makes it feel more efficient for your body to feel cooler. And also trying to get out of the mindset of it's too hot and just try to be okay and embrace the idea of, you know, the fact that weather happens and no matter where we live and no matter where we are, unless you have a perfectly run-in air conditioner, every single day, at some point in time, you're going to come into this, uh, you know, be affected by the heat at some point in time. So changing your mindset and getting your mindset right, I think, is another big thing that we could do. Yeah, I liked it in the last episode with Lisa when she was, we asked her, like, you know, you've been traveling in Mexico for so long, like, what's your tips on how to stay cool in the van? And she was like, honestly, you just have to embrace it. Yeah. Because, you know, it is what it is, and you can't control the weather. All you can, can do is control the way that you're going to feel about it. And if you sit there stewing about how hot it is, well, that's not going to help you cool down. No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. And so mindset is a big reason and a big thing. Uh, I thought I was going to do horrible in the heat being the fact that I love to be in the cold and I kind of run hot, you know? Yeah. But I think I've been doing fairly well in this heat. Yeah. I, I think that for the most part, I really haven't been so uncomfortable yet. Maybe one or two nights I've been uncomfortable. Uh, and I think those nights we were in like Cabo and it was like 78. Mm -hmm. Or like in sandblast when sand it was blast, so yeah. hot. And then we couldn't have anything open because of the bugs. Yes. So that's another thing that you're combating in the summer is that, you know, it's beautiful to have this airflow and to have the back doors open and the side door open and just like get that breeze through the space. But if there are mosquitoes or black flies or regular flies or gnats. Or, or whatever bugs that Central America is going to bring your way because they're definitely yeah. different than yeah. in the north. But just any kind of bug, clearly you don't want those in your space. So we just have two very inexpensive, I think they were about $30 each for the back door and the side door screens. And they're the ones that have the magnets in the middle so you can like open them and then they'll magnet shut. And they have been a real game changer for us in terms of being able to have the doors open and enjoy, 
you know, the outside and the backdoor view and things like that without inviting a million bugs into the space. Yeah, and that, once again, having those screens on the side window would be great, which we have, or in that back window, but there are micro bugs, too, that you gotta yeah. look out for. That, like, get through your screen, and, like, micro mosquitoes. They don't give a truck. Yeah, they really don't. They come through, and they, they'll make their way in somehow. But, with that being said, we've figured out so many different ways to keep ourselves cool. Another way is the zero breeze that we have. We utilize the Zero Breeze to cool down our space at least at night or at least have direct air on us for a few hours with the battery that it comes with. And that keeps us cool enough throughout the night where we feel comfortable. At least we could fall asleep comfortably. So just going back to the bugs for one second, another thing that you can do to like the bugs tend to come out like in the evening and at night. And that's usually when you have like your bright lights on the inside and they're attracted to that. Mm -hmm. So we actually have RGB lights, red, green, blue is that right? Yeah. RGB. Yeah. So we'll put our lights to like more of a red tone at night because bugs are less attracted to red light than they are to white light. Mm -hmm. So in the evening, you could switch all of your lights to kind of more of like an orangey glow and then the bugs will be less attracted to even try to get into your space. Correct. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, we've There's several other things that you could do to kind of keep the bugs out. You could put up like some of those little fly things that kind of catch the bugs, like uh, like almost like um, uh, oh, the, the tape. tape. Yeah, Ugh. I mean I don't want that in my van, but it is something you could do. Yeah, if you're having a real infestation, we had we were with some friends and they had their van was full of flies, and Frankie had to like walk through it with a with a blanket. He was just holding up and like trying to like push them all out of the van. I got like 70 of them out at one swoop. I think I did pretty good with, yeah. with that idea. And they were like, what are you doing? I was like, don't worry. <laughs> Just open the back doors. And when I tell you to close them, close them. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That was a great one. And you know, that got the bugs out. That got, gave them the ability to, you know, kind of close their doors and open up their windows that has screens on them to make it, you know, more efficient and just to be able to enjoy their, their space at night when they're trying to sleep. Yeah, so another thing that you can do to try to get the bugs out of your space actually is if you put your max air fan or whatever fan you have to exhaust and then you put like a, a light right next to your max air fan so you're attracting all, like everything else is dark except for the one light in the house that's next to the max air fan. All the bugs will be attracted to the fan and if you take the, um, the mesh off, They'll all just get sucked right out of the house. <laughs> yeah, they will. It's awesome. So I know we're getting a little off topic talking about the bugs, oh, but wow. the bugs kind of come with the heat. Summertime. So I think it makes sense. Summer. I mean, you got to, that's like half of the battle. Because then it's like you're battling between, do I stay inside and keep my all, all my windows shut because all the bugs, mm -hmm. or do I figure out how to, you know, it's like a yeah, balancing act between the heat and the bugs. 100%. I agree. Uh, then... On top of that, when we were talking about the Zero Breeze, that's like a tiny little air conditioning unit. It doesn't quite cool our whole space, but you do have to exhaust it out, too. So that's creating heat as well. So if And that, the battery for that thing gets hot. Well, it, especially if you plug it in. Yeah, so the, I mean, the plugged in, yeah, like, you know, the, the battery cube or whatever, that business gets boiling lava hot oh, to yeah. the point. We literally had it sitting in a frying pan the other day because we were worried that it would, like, melt the floor. Yeah. Yeah, or we put it on our cooktop, so that way we don't have any issues with it. Yeah, but yeah. the cold air is super nice, and I'm not going to begrudge that. And I do know that some people have, like, those... Some people have mini splits, like a lot of Busset friends that we have have mini splits, mm -hmm. or they'll have a swamp cooler. 
What's the tricky thing about the swamp cooler? The swamp cooler is tricky because whatever the temperature of your water is, is going to be the temperature of your air. So basically that's pushing it through a coil and there's air blowing on that coil. The coil has the water running through it. So if you were to dump ice into your swamp cooler and the ice was in there and it got the water cool enough, then sure, you could then cool. You're like It's like almost like a chilled water system. Then. Sure. And you'd be blowing that air through that chilled water and creating cool air in your space. The problem when you're in a box and you have the heat blasting on the van, that water it melts. It melts if there's ice in it, and it becomes just as warm as the temperature in your space. So if you can keep that temperature of that water below 70 degrees, you're going to feel at least some cool air coming out of it, but you're not going to cool the van down to a point where you're comfortable. You'd have to just keep feeding ice into it yep. all day long. Correct. Either keep feeding ice into it or figure out a way to, you know, have a refrigerator that the water kind of oh sits inside of and then that water runs through and goes back through the refrigerator. Somehow. That sounds like a whole hoopla. Well, it's called an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> is that basically what an air conditioner is? That's exactly what an air conditioner is. It puts the water through a fridge. It puts the water through a, like a, almost like a freezer. So, uh, well, not water to per se, but it's a uh, cooling. Freon. It's Freon. Yeah. And then the Freon, when the compressor compresses it, it makes it a colder temperature. Uh. And then it runs across a uh, evaporator coil. And when it goes across that evaporator coil, it then the air blows through that evaporator coil, pushing out the air cold. 55 degrees is like kind of the number that you're looking for. Yeah. Our air conditioner tech is in the house. <laughs> dropping all that air conditioner knowledge. Yeah. You're going to have like a 20 degree difference and that would be a very efficient um, uh, AC unit. Yeah. So, you know, I actually saw a couple of people on Reddit and stuff that had their, um, uh, you know, those like little New York City window apartment yeah. air conditioners. Yep. They had those like the one guy had it in like a, a trolley that he was carrying beside his van yep. and then he just piped the cold air through his window yep. i was like that's ingenious but where are you gonna keep the trolley <laughs> like, <laughs> you're gonna tow that bad boy down the highway <laughs> right anyways also so, powering it you know once yeah. again powering it is one of those things that you got to think about you know we well, we were very efficient with our power in uh alaska but we're not as efficient with our power in the heat uh when it comes to the panels that we have yeah. So that might be an upgrade that we might be making down the road on our van specifically. Yeah, well, we might be making an upgrade on the panels in general because we just sat through a hailstorm. Yeah. So we got to get up there and see how those bad boys are doing. Like Alex says, fingers crossed. Hopefully we don't have to. <laughs> but yeah, so what Frank was saying about being able to power your air conditioner, whatever kind of air conditioner you have, that might mean more days at an RV park yep. or at some kind of place where you can hook up. Or more driving. Yeah. So that you can charge the battery to battery and like get your juice, you know, in the van up. So, you know, it's another like cost benefit. Like if you know that a heat wave is coming and it's going to be unbearable, do you just book those couple of nights at the RV park so you can crank your AC all night long? Mm -hmm. Or do you go for a great big drive so that your battery bank is full? Yeah, there's, there, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes, potatoes, potatoes. There's always a give and a take with whatever you're going to do in your van. And if you have the money to spend, spend the money on being as comfortable as you can in your van. If you don't have the money to spend, you'll figure out the different ways to make it efficient and to keep yourself cool in your van. Yeah. Another way to keep yourself cool in the van, which we kind of doing what we did by painting our van 
actually made it a little bit warmer in our van. Mm -hmm. When it's white, it actually reflects light and reflects it, uh, so that way you're not actually heating the the metal as much as if you have a dark-colored van. When you have a dark-colored van, it absorbs heat. If you have proper insulation, so maybe going with some like really eco-friendly spray foam, you're going to have a higher R value than, say, the Havelock wool. Havelock wool still works great, and depending on your budget, it might be exactly what you're looking for, but if you could afford to spray foam with some eco-friendly spray, that might be the best option. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our van life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road, living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. Once your build is done, one of the greatest ways to keep the like actual body of the van cool is to have an awning out. So, well, I know a lot of RVs like come with awnings and they could just like slide out or you could buy the really fancy ones that like, you know, are electric. We have the moonshade, which um, is pretty easy to set up. Obviously, you can't just like pop it out in the middle of a city. It's always best to, like, be at a campsite or, you know, dispersed camping when you set those up or, like, even, like, at the beach or whatever. But, like, having that shade over the van, and sometimes it's actually better to have the shade over not the door side of the van mm. or, you know, on the back side of the van, depending on where the sun is, like, blasting you. Mm. We'll usually do, like, a little bit of a tango with the van during the day if we can, like, you know, in the morning have it so that, you know, the sun is either on the nose of the vehicle or the back doors. And then as the day progresses, try to keep our biggest opening, which is the slider door, out of the sun. So kind of like, you know, twisting and adjusting the van around depending on where the sun and the shade and everything is. Yeah. But sometimes it's actually been better for us to have the moonshade on the opposite side of the vehicle, just keeping the body of the van cold. Correct. Yeah, I think what that's the biggest thing is if you could keep the heat off of the metal, then you're not transferring heat into your space. If that that's, you know, heat transfer is just one of the biggest things that you can learn about in a space like this that will help your longevity of your van life endeavors and just make it just way more enjoyable if you know what you're doing. And that goes the same for the cold weather. Like it's it's just they work hand-in-hand hand with one another. Mm -hmm. If you figure out the ways to keep the heat out, you could pretty much figure out the ways to bring the heat in, too, when it's cold outside. Mm -hmm. So another thing that I've been loving is just, like, cold drinks. Yes. So I know that this isn't necessarily about the van, but it's very much a luxury to have a cold beverage. And we actually went and bought a super simple plastic jug that we fill with our Berkey water and then keep in the fridge. Mm -hmm. And then we'll fill our water bottles with the fridge water. So it's our nice, you know, clean filtered water, but it's been in the fridge overnight. So it's super refreshing. Mm -hmm. Whereas the water coming right out of the Berkey is just room temperature, which, you know, is still quenches your thirst, but it's certainly not like refreshing on a hot it day. It doesn't make you feel cooler, that's for no. sure. No. Yeah. yeah. And actually, we have some friends who, you know, they bought an extra, like, shitty kind of cooler, or even if you have the space and you want to put a second refrigerator, like, whatever. Or just a freezer. Yeah, in the back, you could literally have, like, a drink cooler in the back that's just full of, like, 
soda or like, you know, refrescos or water or, you know, beers or whatever you like to drink. And you can keep them, you know, in the garage area and just have like ice in there and keep it nice and cold so that you can have that refreshing, cool beverage. I love how we go into Espanol. <laughs> like, because we're in Mexico and we're like around the culture and the speaking a lot. It's It's just like kind of becoming part of who we are and the way that we talk we'll just randomly throw in like some spanish words so you know just uh you'll become a part of it it's okay (laughs) well so doing our research for coming down here the humidity mixed with the heat is actually a really good way to get dehydrated really fast because you're basically just like sweating all of your like vital energy out so having a bunch of those like drink tabs on hand because you can over drink water and like deplete the sodium in your body. So if you have all those like I tried to find the ones that had less sugar and less like bad stuff in them for you, but just, you know, one of those like drink energy tabs that you can put into your water to kind of re up your electrolytes and, you know, help you feel good. You know, you've already drank 3 bottles of water and you want to have something else. One thing I'm thinking about doing is finding like a very small freezer and then having just like a 12 volt plug in and then plug it into the front when we're driving. At least get it to like cool down like our drinks and everything when, whenever we're moving around. Maybe even be able to throw a bag of ice in there for a day or two when we're having like these these travels, like these bigger travels. Or maybe something that could even run off like, you know, a Jackery or a Max or Blue, Blue Yeti or a Max Oak or whatever. Uh, I just think that it would be great to have ice like Mm. and not only just ice but also maybe like some ice pops Mm, i'm so jealous of all of our van friends who have a freezer oh yeah it's just like when we were looking at fridges for the van i feel like a lot of like the chest style fridges it's like 50 50 you're gonna have 50 percent freezer 50 percent fridge and to me that seems like not enough fridge like i want 75% 75% fridge and 25% freezer, right. which I guess some of the stand-up ones kind of have that where they'll have this tiny little ice box. But anyway, so we went with a full fridge because we were like, you know, we don't really need the freezer that much. But again, when you're building, you don't think about all of the different seasons and what would make you comfortable in the particular time of year. You try to think about all the seasons, but then when you go further south than what you anticipated, or you go further north than what you anticipated, and believe me, it's going to happen. At some point in time, your friends or whoever is going to be going in a direction that you just want to go, and then you're not going to be set up just right, you know, and they're dialed in because they do it often. So you're going to learn these things while you're on the road. There are always things that you could add to your space, that you could add to, you know, your lifestyle, because your lifestyle is going to change while you're on the road. Well, I feel like that's like everybody's van life story is that you build the van for what you think that you need and then within six months on the road you're doing some kind of renovation project and then within a year either you're renovating again or you're selling to start over it seems like everybody that we know so we're actually a year and a half in this van already and we've definitely done some modifications we kind of rejigged our kitchen area I think that was kind of like the biggest thing. Everything else, we've kind of, you know, liked our layout. This is also our second van build. So we did that where we lived in it, you know, the first one for 10 months and then sold it because it just, 
once you're on the road and you're living in your van, you realize so many things that would make your life more comfortable that you didn't think about when you were living in an apartment. Correct. Either you design it too much like an apartment and then it's not, you know, as functional as a van or you, you know, just neglect the fact that, you know, things that you do or how you like to live or what, or you don't even know how you like to live in a van, you know, because you've never lived in a van Yeah. and you've never lived in a van in four seasons either. And realistically, I could have probably dealt with living in that other van forever. Like it, the layout was great uh, in particular, but there were definitely things that we wanted to change to be able to accommodate even more our lifestyle. Well, and we got a dog when we were in that van, so mm -hmm. we didn't build the van thinking about Paco at all. Nope. So, you know, it's just your life changes and your things that you enjoy change and, you know, where you're going changes. And I think, like, what I'm finding right now is that in the heat, having, like, these cushions, like, I wish that they were, like, all leather or yeah. something, you know? Because I feel like when they're, like, a soft, you know... I don't want to say plush material, but like when you're hot and you lay down on like a, you know, a fabric couch, it's not very refreshing. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But these are things that you like, you learn and yeah, you're just going to grow and change while you're on the road, I think very much. Another way we find ourselves keeping cool in the summertime is window covers. We have like thick insulated window covers. By that, I mean, we bought like the purple board, uh, like the little pink panther that's on it, you know, <laughs> uh, from Home Depot. And we actually put a nice little fabric around it, Alex did. And then we put a reflectic on the other side and put a little pull tab in the middle. And this makes it to where that we could put them up in the window and they're super thick and they keep a lot of the heat out or a lot of the cold air out, depending on what you're looking for. And we could fit them in the window to the point where they're nice and tight so you could actually like fold them back just enough to where you could open the window and still get a nice breeze of air coming through. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have like the half open option because you're blocking the sun from coming in which is like gonna heat you up but then you're also allowing some of that cool air to come through which is so nice. We also have a full window cover set for the front that was actually super, all of our window covers were dirt cheap, honestly. Yeah. So the front we bought- um, 30 bucks. 30 bucks on Amazon. We should make a little review of those. Yep, we should. But they are just literally um, the Reflectic, which is like that silver, almost looks like bubble tape, like paper. Yep. And they fit perfectly for the ProMaster windows, which is a, great. They have a suction cup right in the middle of them, so you could like lick and stick it to your window. So lick and stick it, baby. Lick and stick it. You know how I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then the front one is just from Home Depot or Amazon. You buy a roll of the Reflectic, and you cut it to the size of your window, and you just shove it in the front there. And we use the um, sun visors that the van provides you to hold it up at the top. And honestly, having... Those window covers up, the side window covers, the big thick back window covers, it actually, it makes a huge difference. It really does. Another thing that you can do, close your vents in the front. Oh, so we just learned this the other day. We just learned this because uh, I know we noticed the cool air coming through it still when we were parked and the, the uh, fan was on doing exhaust and it was actually pulling the cool air from the compressor area that was cooling our space when we were Basically, driving. Basically the Max Air fan was creating like a vacuum and pulling air from anywhere it could in the space, 
including the front vents. Yeah. And so at that time, it was still pulling some cool air because we had just turned the van off and the air conditioning, which another thing, if you're like dying of heat, turn your car on for a couple minutes, blow the AC and like cool yeah. yourself down. That's like a super easy way. It it's not going to cool your whole space. Correct. Not At least not fast. No, but at least it's going to help you like not keel Die. over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so... If it's pulling the cool air, it's also going to be pulling the hot air. So now our new like rule is whenever we're done driving, we're just going to shut all of those vents manually um, to kind of stop it from pulling hot air through the vents. Yeah. I do see some uh, policios up there, so okay. I do want to move the van so okay. that way we won't get a ticket. We are parked illegally because we had to come to be under this tree, so we'll be right back. Are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one-hour podcast ad-free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. Mm -hmm. What else you got for cool? Oh, I know another one. We have these like little towels, like these microfiber towels that you could like get wet either with your sweat or with the water and you can snap them. I have a snap towel at least and I could throw that around my neck and it definitely helps me feel cool for the very hot days. It, mm -hmm. it just brings your temperature down just enough to where you feel comfortable to go about your day. I have a funny little gel neck towel and I've only probably worn it like four or five times since we've been down here in Mexico. Mm -hmm. It just, I feel like a big floppy hat. Again, like, finding shade. So, like, with a big floppy hat, you're, like, making your own shade as you go about your day. Um, that's kind of, like, the best. Yeah. And then, you know, wear as little clothes as possible. So, like, you know, we're a lot of the time walking around in, like, bikinis and, you know, board mm -hmm. shorts or whatever. And, like, going in and out of the water when you can. And yep. trying to stay out of cities as well. I feel like cities that are hot are, like the hottest hot place that you could possibly be living in a van. Well, because the, the heat has nowhere to go. It kind of just, like, finds itself in the the blacktop that you're on. And then you have all the cars running and all the exhaust from everything happening. And then so it's supposed to be only 85, but then next thing you know, it's 98. Yeah. You know, the real feel. And then if it's 98, then it's 118. Yeah. And it's like there's no escaping it except for, like, possibly getting a hotel. I know. You know and and that's the what we're almost trying to avoid when you're living in the van. The one good thing is you're normally saving enough money living in the van to be able to splurge and have that hotel every once in a blue moon to be able to get yourself out of the heat or in, out of a situation if something happens to your van as well. And I think there's like this kind of stupid badge of honor that people wear that's like, oh, like I've free camped for two whole years and I've never paid to stay anywhere. We've worn that badge before. <laughs> but it's like, you know... It's, it's like a that, stupid badge. It's a chip on your shoulder and it's like, what is the big deal about getting an RV park for the night? You know, like, uh, down here in Mexico, a lot of them are very cheap, which is super nice. But I feel like in America even, like, if you're paying $50 a night, that's still probably a third of the price of a hotel. So it's nice to be able to, like have that break, have that nice shower, maybe do your laundry. You know, like, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of luxury. I think that van lifers are, like, 
oh, we need to be, like, so hardcore, and, like, I'm not going to shower for two weeks, like, <laughs> you know, but, like, it's okay to, like, want a little bit of luxury. It doesn't mean that you yeah. failed at van life. It's okay to get an Airbnb. It's okay to get a hotel. It's okay to stay at a friend's house, you know? It's okay for any of these things to happen. Just know that you're you're in the van to experience a more fun lifestyle. You're in the van to get to the next place. You're in the van to enhance your life, right? You're not in the van to bring your life down. And if that means getting a hotel, then get the hotel. You know, it's okay. You want to enhance your life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what van life is all about. And having the freedom and flexibility to be able to do that. So we actually, we stayed at a hotel in Cabo recently because before we got on the road, before our first build... We signed ourselves up with um, an American Express credit card that gives us one free night a year. Now, we pay $99 a year for the card, so I don't know how free it is. Yeah, right. So it's basically like a night for $99, but you get, you know, you're earning travel points and blah, 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 so you can also book rooms with your points. But so that one free night a year, you know, we got to the point this year where it was like you're points are about to like your free night is going to expire if you don't use it this month and I was like oh I gotta find a hotel I gotta book it I gotta like figure it out blah 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 it ended up being the best thing yeah it was so good there was also that rainstorm too that happened when we were there so it's like we have this perfect opportunity to stay in a hotel we stay in the hotel and bam a storm comes next day is beautiful yeah you know so it was just it's perfect timing but it was because we were open to using it instead of being like, ah, screw it, we, we're too good for that. You know, we, we jumped in and we used it. Yeah, why the heck not? Right? You know? I would I would actually be okay with staying in some more hotels along our travels and or, you know, more RV parks along our travels, especially down here in, you know, Central, almost Central America at this point, but like the southern part of Mexico, just to make our stay even more comfortable. But I will say that we felt super safe here. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that people don't really think about a lot either is utilizing hostels. Yeah. So, you know, going to a hostel and asking, you know, how much would it be to park in their parking lot? Because there's hostels in every single city in America and Canada, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not like a purely Central America thing. But you would probably get a, a night in their parking lot for pretty cheap and then you could use their shower and then you could meet people and, like, Find, you know, a little community while you're in that city and, like, find people to go for hikes with or whatever. Because I know that people, you know, maybe feel a little bit lonely sometimes when they're on the road. We met a guy recently. He was biking. uh, Well, when I say biking, he was riding a motorcycle from North America all the way down to Panama and decided that he was going to stop and stay in the La Paz area for a while because he was getting lonely on the road and he found a hostel and that hostel had people that he became friends with. So now he's like, do I just, like, stay here for a while and then, like, fly back to the States and then fly back down and get back on my bike when it's, like, a better time of the year to actually do this travel? temperature-wise. Temperature-wise, yeah. Because I think one thing that uh, he didn't realize, too, which we did, was coming to mainland and headed for the mountains, we were going to find much cooler temperatures. And we did. Mm -hmm. But... One thing that we have that he doesn't, we have a roof over our head. Yeah. So now the difference is wet season. Yeah. Right? And wet season is very relevant here. We are in the middle of it at the moment, and there's plenty of rain happening. We also had some huge hail drops that happened, like golf ball-sized hail drops. Imagine being on a motorcycle 
and getting smacked by freaking no. hell. Oh, no. Well, and the weather reports here are so, like, tricky because it's like, yeah, it's going to rain, and then it doesn't for, like, you know, oh, it's going to start raining at 4 o'clock, and then it's 7 p.m., and it still hasn't rained, and you're like, is it going to rain? And then at, like, 8, it's like, boom, and you're like, okay, well, Rated. what? Like, <laughs> you know, so it's hard to, like decide, you know, at that point, it's like, do I get a hostel for the night, or do I keep going, or do, you know, like, what is my plan here? And I think that basically, for the duration of summer here, it's probably going to rain a little bit every single day. Oh, yeah. So it's just like, when is that rain going to happen, and how do we kind of plan our lives around it? And I know, as we go even further south, that rain is going to become even more relevant, you know, so I think we'll probably stay in the mountains for quite some time, just to make sure that we can get the rain season up here, and then we'll head down more south when dry season is starting to make an edge it edge its way in so mm-hmm. there's just a little bit less rain at that point so this is making me think about all of the weather that you could possibly encounter in your van not necessarily just the heat because that is a huge factor but also the last two summers in a row the fire seasons oh, yeah. on the west coast especially have been insane and this year there's even, like, giant fires in Alaska mm-hmm. that are causing a serious amount of damage and smoke. And so, if you're dealing with that, an app that I really like is called Free Roam, and it's free. And I don't really use it for the campsites, because all the campsites on there are paid, and I'm too cool for paid campsites. But Maybe they... not anymore, but we used to. <laughs> but so, they have a bunch of map overlays, and one of those overlays is actually a fire map and a smoke map. So you could see right on this map where all of the smoke is around you. So you could look and say, okay, I'm in a really dark gray area, but if I drive an hour east to the next town, the like air quality index is like way higher or better. I don't I think lower is better. Yeah. But so, you know, I think that's something to think about too because you know, hot weather brings fires, brings all these other things that you have to think about. Like, for us right now, another thing that we have to think about is hurricanes. Mm -hmm. So, just the other day, we crossed over and we were planning on spending a little bit of time on the coast. Even with the heat, we were like, we'll deal with it to be able to, like, see these towns. And then, lo and behold, you know, Tropical Storm Bonnie becomes a Class 2 hurricane and it's making its way up the coast. And we're like, we don't want to be here. No, yeah, and I, we'd even go as far as talking about tornadoes and other things along those lines. We, you know, we saw somebody online that had their van flipped by a tornado. So, when you are living in a van, the seasons and the and the weather is so relevant to everything that we're doing. So we always have to pay attention to those things. The tides are very relevant. Mm-hmm. We experienced that one firsthand and luckily got out of it. If you There's don't know what we're talking don't. about, you gotta go ch- watch the YouTube video yeah, about that. that was a crazy video. That was wild. Because everything was like real life. The drama was happening. And we were in the middle of it. It was like, how do we get out of this safely? We were praying to my dad. We were just putting it out there, you know, trying to stay positive and give all the good energy. But, you know, it's just... That's life, you know, that's life on the road. You got to be able to deal with it and, you know, deal with it hopefully in a good way, you know. So for us, we were just getting held on. So I'm like, you know, there's a tree over there. Maybe if we make it over that tree, it might help us a little bit. Mm. So I decided to drive instead of being like, oh no, like is our van going to get dented up? Or, you know, cars are meant to withstand this stuff for the most part, but there's going to be stuff that happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, you can't control everything, and that's just, you know, 
part of life and kind of giving into the flow of van life. You know, if something does happen and you end up in a situation where, you know, you need help or you need a fix or you need whatever, I think one of the biggest advices is to make sure that your vehicle is fully insured and make sure that you're, you know, insured enough that, you know, you could be made whole again. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of people struggle with the whole insurance thing in terms of like, I'm not registered as an RV, so I can't get RV insurance. Yes. One of the things that you're talking about, though, Alex, an insurance company normally writes that as, like, an act of God, and they don't cover you under these certain circumstances. If you get flipped by a tornado? Nope. It's an act of God. Well, Jesus better freaking help me fix my van. Well, hopefully he does. But, you know... Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Normally that stuff is an act of God. Like, um, that's the reason why people have, like, flood insurance. You know, or like... Well, you have Florida, to pay extra for flood insurance. Yeah, in Florida, you'd have, like, hurricane insurance. Right. You know, like, you'd have these specific But so, if you have hurricane insurance, do they say hurricanes are an act of God? Um, sometimes they do, you know. It, They're like, well, we're only insured up to a Category 2 hurricane, and that was a Category 4 hurricane, so I'm sorry. I mean, that? you gotta read the fine print, you know. It's like T-Mobile when we switched over, and we decided to come to Mexico because we think we're fully covered, you know, throughout... Uh, 170 countries, I think they promote. 140, 140, I think. something like that. But we come here, and sure enough, they hit us up with a with an email or whatever, or a text message saying like, "Hey, you know, you're not supposed to be outside the country this long, so we might think about canceling your service, or you should just try to use Wi-Fi a lot more." Yeah. So now we're in a position where we're like searching for Wi-Fi always, well, which that's is Starlink. Yeah, <laughs> so we did just order Starlink, so we'll be able to give you guys an update on that. We ordered it four days ago, and it hasn't shipped yet, and I am, like, chomping at the bit watching to see when it will ship because because we're traveling, we had to, like, arrange with a friend of a friend who can, you know, accept the package for us in Guadalajara. We didn't just want to send it to, like, a random DHL office, like... We wanted to make sure that it was going to be with somebody who wouldn't, you know, mess with it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we're sending it to a friend of a friend in Guadalajara. Not Guanajuato. Guanajuato, yeah. They're two very different places. Close um, by. Close by, but and they both start with a G and have a lot of letters. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> we're kind of like watching and waiting and biding our time to get over there to be able to pick up the system and then, you know, we'll see how it works, but we've heard really good things. And to be able to update you guys all the time, this is what we love to do, uh, but if you guys really love the information that you're getting from us, make sure to figure out some way to possibly support the channel or the podcast. You know, you can become a member, you can become a Patreon. There's so many different ways of doing it, but it helps us keep going and it helps us be able to afford the Starlink to be able to give reviews and afford the things that we're doing to be able to tell you more about it. And we're just so grateful to have you all listening and so grateful to have you guys all supporting us. Whether you become a Patreon, a member, or any of those things or not, we still love you and we're still so thankful for you. And a really easy, free way to support the show is to give it a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to leave a beautiful comment so that we can feature you in the comment of the week. And having more stars on the podcast just makes it better and easier to share. And more people will be able to find it. You're just helping us grow the Nomad community even bigger when you leave that five-star review. So we so appreciate everybody who's taken the time. And unfortunately, I don't have enough Wi-Fi right now to find out if somebody did take the time this week. But if you did, thank you so much. And we will definitely feature you next week. With that being said, we hope you guys have an F&A day.
Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right.